Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. Are these your notes? These these are your notes about what we're going to say. What does it say? it would be a good... (laughs) I didn't even get to idea. Maybe I can just ask you the question. It's going well. It's going really well. Hello. Sorry. It was just because you always hear your voice every time. (laughs) Like you're going to go on stage or something. I'm just like, wait a minute. Preparing my monologues. Uh, Okay, I'll not laugh. I promise. Hello and welcome back to the Right and Wrong podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Emma. And today we are joined by the multi-talented author and barrister Leah Middleton, whose debut novel, When They Find Her, is currently available to purchase. Hi, Leah. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, welcome. Well, it's great to have you with us. Yes. Let's kick off right away with (laughs) the book, When They Uh Find Her. And... Uh, for us and everyone listening, would you like to give us just a sort of quick rundown of the blurb, a spoiler-free rundown of the blurb? A spoiler-free rundown. So the main character is a woman called Naomi who essentially had her dream life. She had a very loving husband, a um, new baby daughter, and had moved back to her family home. And her life very rapidly fell apart And her husband is now married to someone else. And her daughter, who is now three, lives away from her with him and his new wife. And she is granted her first overnight stay with her daughter since her husband left. Tragedy strikes and Naomi makes a very big mistake and decides to lie about what happened. And the story all kicks off from there. It does, yes. It's... (laughs) It's incredibly tense. It's it's dark. I'm sure that from that premise, we all understand it's dark, but it's incredibly yeah. tense. And just reading through some of the prose, you really do capture this under under undercurrent of dread mm. as you like are yeah. reading some of these things. Um, where did the idea for this come from? Um, I think the the very very initial idea was a long time ago. So it was when I was at university. Um, I was actually doing drama and theatre before I transferred over to law. And we had to, um, I did a directing course and we had to direct like a half an hour sort of piece. Mm. And I essentially did like a modernised version of Medea, which um, I don't know if you know the story of Medea, but it's, yeah, ancient Greek story, essentially about a woman um, and this is not spoiler at all. It's <laughs> actually nothing to do with the book. But um, I, I think ancient Greece is past spoiler due date. Yeah, yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, she essentially murders her children to get revenge on her husband. That's it sort of condensed down. Um, so mm. that's not a spoiler for when they find her at all. Um, but that sort of just started me thinking about 
how far parents will go um, to sort of try and hold on to their family. Um, And that's sort of where the seed of the idea started for Naomi. And so if something really tragic struck, but you thought that you would lose everything that you still had, um, how far would you go to sort of hang on to that? So that's where it started. But then I didn't actually start right. I I graduated uni in like 2010. Mm. Um, And I didn't actually start writing when they find her until 2017. (laughs) So always nice to take a break. (laughs) Yeah, just a nice long break of no writing at all. Um, (laughs) um, So yeah, then it sort of just was always sort of brewing there in the background, but I didn't actually decide to pursue writing properly until yeah 2017 and then obviously the idea transformed a lot over um over time yeah and you know like as a obviously a barrister you, you specialize in prison and criminal law is that right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so how much did that play into the you know creation and inception of, of when they find her I think with uh, being a barrister so I used to prosecute um so I used to be in court every day and now I'm more of an advisory lawyer um Mm. but it's it's sort of it's both a positive and a massive negative when you're crafting crime fiction because um in some ways it's amazing because you get there are so many ideas when you're sort of exposed to criminal justice every day um Whereas it's a world that I guess a lot of people luckily never have to sort of dive into. Um, (laughs) So it's great for ideas and it's brilliant in terms of people watching Mm. um, and sort of seeing the lengths that people will go to in certain scenarios. But then it's also very tricky because I can become a bit obsessed with the detail, which sometimes gets in the way of actually writing the story. Um, If I think, oh, no, but, you know, police wouldn't do that. So then you dig your way into a plot hole and then you right. just get stuck. Yeah. So that's been a bit of a nightmare. But um, yeah. You can't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, I've tried to be as... Um, I, I like to think that if anyone in the police read when they find her, they'd, they'd still be happy with what I've done. But um, some of it may be slightly pushed in terms of what would actually happen in real life (laughs) but that's why we read these stories right we don't want to read exactly real life we want something slightly beyond real life yeah yeah Yeah, exactly yeah is this the first book that you've um you've penned then or have you did you work on other books before and and is this kind of no it's my this is my first this is your first um yeah when they find us my first yeah uh so i'd I'd like delved as a teenager into like, I think I got four chapters into a book as a teenager and then nice. thought that I would be like an amazing screenwriter. And so started writing a script that never went anywhere, but no, this was my first fully finished novel. Yeah. That's great. So you've had stories planned for a long time. Sounds yeah. Like. So yeah, I've, I've always loved it. Um, but I, I don't know what I think because I've been through various sort of obsessions with careers growing up. So as a teenager and then into university, I wanted to be an actor. Mm. Um, okay. And then... Just like Emma. Yeah. 
Oh, really? Yeah, I went yeah. to drama oh, wow. school. Yeah, yeah. Did you really? Where did you go? Yeah. Sorry, this is going to go um, off time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went to uh, Rose Bruford. I don't know whether you've heard of it. It's oh, in, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah, so I went there for three years and oh, then wow. worked as an actor and then went into journalism as well afterwards. So oh, it's a similar route. We were chatting about that before. I was like, oh, well, we went yeah. into... Like it's, you know, love an actor, you know, thespian. <laughs> yeah. I've got yeah. to love a bit of acting. Exactly. Um, so yeah, because I, because I wanted to act and then I went straight from acting, I went to law school and then trained to be a barrister. I think I was so focused on those that even though I loved writing, I never just really even considered it as a career option. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah until I had my daughter so I've got two children um Mm -hmm. and when I was off with my daughter I started thinking more about stories and what I really wanted to do and I thought I've I want to write why have I not been writing this whole time so that's when I decided to start properly that's great brilliant that's brilliant so just reading parts of your story I was getting anxious (laughs) and sweating (laughs) As a mother, while you were writing some sections of this, like, mm-hmm. did it, it must have like worried you deeply if you put yourself in that situation. Yeah, I, <laughs> I always worry admitting what I'm about to say. <laughs> um, it, it tends to not affect me that much. Um, I know that that makes me sound slightly um, psychotic, but um, <laughs> I don't know it, if it's, if it's from working in, criminal justice Mm. where you're sort of so exposed to things like that every single day that um you tend to just learn to compartmentalize and sort of emotionally detach yeah Yeah. um, there was I I mean there was one time where I did just end up sort of sobbing at my desk (laughs) which was um I was sort of really in sort of drafting mode, like hammering away at my keyboard. And I um, I stopped and read back over what I'd just written. And instead of Freya, which is the child's name in the book, I'd written my daughter's name. <gasps> wow. Um, yeah, and it was that quite a sort of really emotional part of the story for Naomi. And just seeing, yeah, my daughter's name in that context, I just like burst into tears. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was just like sat crying at my my laptop. But um, I think that's that there were times where it sort of was draining. Um, like I'd come to the end of the session and feel quite drained. But um, Emotionally. Yeah, emotionally yeah. drained. Yeah. But luckily in terms of sort of anxiety, I was able to sort of switch, I think, that part of my brain off. But yeah, it was quite draining. Yeah. Um, especially with the whole acting thing as well. Yeah. I don't know if this is gonna sound really pretentious, but I yeah, I think but it's really sort of close first person as well, the the way the book's written. Mm-hmm. Um so I was very much sort of trying well, not even trying, I guess when you write a character for that long, you just quite easily slip into their mindset. So it was quite draining in that way as well, because she's quite a chaotic mind to be inside. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think for the most part, I was able to sort of separate it from myself, but every so often it sort of snuck in there and caught me unawares. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not part of the thespian community like like the two of you, but <laughs> sadly, even Jamie, when I'm writing, sadly. 
I know. Yeah, it's it's a great regret in my life. But even I, when you know, when I'm writing, I lose myself sometimes in the character you're writing because mm. every character is just a a part of you in in many oh, ways. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I completely agree. Um, and sort of writing emotions stuff like that. Th- those emotions have got to come from somewhere. Yeah. Um, mm. it you think of it as well, you can think of it as quite a detached process, but yeah the emotions are coming from inside you yeah so um yeah it's really interesting actually you're putting yourself in some way in that position yeah Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. even at just like arm's length you're still putting yourself kind of near that situation in that position Mm, exactly see you are a thespian exactly (laughs) in another life in another life yeah you've got the accent for it jamie 100 percent. you've got the accent ah splendid ah splendid (laughs) shakespeare anyway you do Um, the rp accent the rp accent yeah i think i told you that before didn't i i was like oh receive pronunciation you've got it (laughs) um so leah when did you or how did you find going through um the process of submitting to agents and and publishers and all that yes the struggle the, the, the really struggle. hard bit yeah the yeah. struggle god yeah it, it's a struggle isn't it, it yeah. um i i think that i had become obsessed with um writing podcasts <laughs> so oh. very much like this one um i just became obsessed with listening to sort of anything i could get my hands on um sort of trying to find out as much as I could about how the process works Mm. I think if I'd gone in completely blind I would have really really struggled yeah um so I sort of tried to get as much information as I I could um like reading blogs listening to podcasts there's a little bit of YouTube out there but I found it's mostly American based Mm. and Um, a lot of it's storytelling based but on films which is applicable in many ways but there's also big differences yeah exactly everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, so I really tried to sort of just find out as much as I could. But um, I <laughs> my, my submission sort of process happened around me having my second child. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Just to make it a little bit more challenging. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, it was all a bit mad. Um, yeah. So I I was desperately trying to finish the book, well, finish in terms of query ready, mm. um, when I was pregnant with my son. And then um, I had him. Um, mm. And then... Uh, so that was in like the May and then by the summer, sort of like July, I think it was August. I was like, right, I'm re- I'm ready to query. We're just going to go for it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so I had my little spreadsheet, which people <laughs> yeah. told me to do. So I yeah. just followed blindly with a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. um, and um, yes, yeah, so I just sent it out in like small batches. Um, I was re- I'm going to preface this with, I was very, very lucky that it mm. happened quickly for me um so yeah I was I was very very lucky so I sent it to six agents all on the same day um but my agent um Kate Burke 
got back to me that same morning asking for the full. Wow. Um, Yeah. Um, And it's funny because people say about August, some people say August is a really bad time because the industry has kind of come to a standstill. Um, But she said for her, it's the perfect time. And she finds a lot of her clients during August because that's when she's quieter. So she starts clearing her inbox Um, so I think I, I think I caught her at the right time. I think at another time of year, it would have taken her much longer to get back to me. Right. Yeah. So I sent her the full, like frantically, like (laughs) double checked. You're like, I'll just do one final proofread. It's just ridiculous. (laughs) Um, sent it to her. And then 10 days later, she offered to represent me. How great is that? Um, That's amazing. Yeah. That's one of the most successful, like Cinderella turnarounds it was like it felt like a dream it was very very bizarre um and we like had a long chat and we just we got on so so well and I just really liked her she's very editorial um which I wanted um so she used to be an editor before she moved over to agenting okay um yeah which I I was something I really wanted um Mm. I love working collaboratively on my writing and yeah. she had really good suggestions. So I did the whole thing of sort of nudging the other agents. Um, but I'd already kind of fallen in love with her. <laughs> so um, I ended up just accepting her offer. Um, so yeah, signed with her and then, yeah, we went from there. That's great. Wow. It's such a good story. I mean, that is such some turnaround, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Compared to some of the people. I was very lucky. It's so great. Yeah. But brilliant as yeah. well, because obviously she's read something. Like you said, it's like sometimes about timing, isn't it? Like from what we've spoke about with people, oh, Jamie, yeah. Oh, yeah. it sometimes is about that. And it's not all about getting everything right the first time, but more just what the, what um, other people's positions are in and what, what the agents are doing that day or whether they've had a nice sandwich. I'm exactly. joking. That's not the... Yeah. <laughs> it's not actually to do with sandwiches, what, people. What mood they're in. Exactly. <laughs> We'd like Definitely, to hope it's not yeah. to do with sandwiches anyway. But um, did you have... Um... <laughs> Did you have many um, people read your book before um, it went to the agent? Like, did you have any, did you work in any writing circles or send it to any friends or family? Um, (laughs) This is where, again, I kind of go against, I think, what you should do, which is um, no. (laughs) I was in that. Yeah, I was in, I was in a very weird, um, well, it's not weird because I guess there must be a lot of people who feel like this, but I felt very anxious about people seeing it Mm. and I know that sounds ridiculous because then the first people who ended up seeing it were agents (laughs) which is quite an extreme position to be in but I just felt I I just I felt very anxious about people seeing it and I felt like I just wanted to get it to a place on my own Mm. where I felt confident in it and then if they all turned around and said no then I would look for more feedback but I'd, I'd gotten to the point where I thought, okay, no, this is, I can't get it any further on my own. Yeah. So at that point I could have gone to beta readers and asked for feedback there, but I yeah. just wanted to see what reaction I got. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I mean, now I have a really, really amazing group of writing friends who I would happily send my work to now. Okay. Um, but back then I didn't, I was very much somewhat alone. Um, 
there were people that I knew, but no one that I really felt close enough to to send it out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just kind of went for it, but <laughs> I, I mean, I think food, I think feedback's amazing. And mm. I, I mean, I work very closely with my agent on my writing. So yeah. I think, yeah, now I would love to work with beta readers and stuff, but no, I didn't do it the first time round. Was that hard? Having gone from, had no one reading it, was it hard for you to receive that critique from your agent? Um, I, I think the first sort of, so she did it very much how an editor would do it. So she sent like a document of, like overarching notes. And then she had just gone in on the manuscript, um, like with comments. Um, and yeah, so that was quite overwhelming because until then, yeah, it had just been my thoughts and you become so close to it, don't you, that you can't really see mm. from far away. Yeah, um, definitely. so it was quite overwhelming. Um, but then when I started sort of delving into her thoughts, I just I thought oh my God, that makes so much sense like that's why that doesn't work or oh yeah that that bringing that character more to the forefront would be a lot more compelling um so yeah once I sort of got over that initial overwhelm <laughs> um it was it was really great and I've really loved that part of the process what once I got over that sort of feedback that mm. feeling of getting feedback on something that you've worked so hard on. Yeah. Um, um, it's actually become my favourite bit. No, that's great. I think it's <clears> really <throat> important to have feedback, like you said, um, but mm. very hard mm-hmm. when it's something to do with, I, I think I would be like that, you know, it's it's trust as well. You don't really want to send mm. your work out and then you'll think, oh, I don't know, it's, it's, you need to send it to somebody that you trust in, I think, as well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's super important. Moving on, are you working on something new at the moment or are you I am blissfully just chilling out? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm working on something new. So I got a two-book deal. Oh, amazing. Um, so I am working on book number two at the moment, mm-hmm. um, which will actually be going to my editor at the end of this month. So oh, that's brilliant. quite exciting. That's great. That's great. Um, Is it the same sort of style? It's, yeah, the same. So it's a standalone, completely separate to when they find her, but yeah, still mm. like a psychological uh, sort of suspense. Yeah. Yeah. First person, past. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. yeah, first person. But it's... Um, there's multiple narrators this time rather than just one which oh, was interesting yeah. because yeah. the 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 challenge of making them different was through me at first <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah 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 always uh, uh good yeah. to keep challenging yourself mm-hmm. um you mentioned briefly that one thing you would have done if you were if you could go back was probably get a critique group involved although mm-hmm. it worked out without one yeah. If you could go back to, if you could go back in time and meet yourself when you were a teenager writing your screenplays or writing your stories <laughs> and could give, you, give yourself some advice with everything you've learned now, what would you, <laughs> what would you say to yourself? Wow. That is a question. Um, <laughs> what would I say to teenage me? Um, I would tell myself to trust that my voice is something that I can use to pursue a career even if it's not in the way I expect um 
yeah, I mean, acting was the obsession. I could not mm. think of anything else that I wanted to do. Yeah. And then everything that I learned doing acting, I ended up using as a barrister. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I think both of those things, acting and being a barrister, have ended up making me the kind of writer that I am. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now writing is like the love of my life. So <laughs> it feels like I've ended up where I was meant to be all along, but I just oh. didn't know. And yeah. sort of when I decided, oh, maybe acting isn't for me, I was devastated. Mm-hmm. So mm. it's, yeah, I think it would just be to, yeah, trust that what I wanted to do would work out, but just not how I expected. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, that, that's so true as well. Because I think you just go through, um, you, you go through journeys that maybe, you know, maybe you will be an actor again. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. But I think like it, it just depends. Mm-hmm. You can go backwards and forwards through things. And it's really lovely that you found mm. something that you now can use your voice in, as you said, and and that it's um, you're still telling stories as well, which is, I think, a lot of the love about yeah, being an exactly. actor, you know, is to tell a story. So mm-hmm. it's great. Um, and I think that leads us on to our dreaded or, you know, pe- some people love it, last question, yeah. <laughs> which is... It's um, like Marmite, this last question. Like Marmite, exactly. <laughs> um, and I love Marmite, so just throwing it out there. Um, <laughs> Me too. This is, <laughs> yeah, exactly. this is a pro-Marmite podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> which is... If you were to be marooned, Leah, on a desert island with, um, but you could only bring one book, but you could bring clothes. We've had this discussion with people before. You can bring clothes. The book is the (laughs) only thing that it is. (laughs) The book's not meant to keep you warm. Okay. So you can take sun lotion, you can take take mascara, clothes, some food. Like it's not the only thing that you have to take because that has been questioned. Um, So if you could take a one book, what would that be and why? Um, so I'm going to go left field here because I think <laughs> that people would expect me to take a thriller okay. because it's pretty much exclusively what I read now. Yeah. Um, but every I, I like to go back to books I read as a teenager mm-hmm. um, that I've read over and over and over again sort of religiously as a teenager and I can still go back to them now and love them Mm -hmm. um and I think on a desert island that is what I would want rather than a thriller because I I can't reread thrillers once I've read them I'm I'm done so yeah I think it would be there's a trilogy um called The Wind on Fire um which was never massive and I never understood it I think it was because it was during the Harry Potter era and it was just it yeah. just Buried. couldn't stand Buried, up. Yeah. But um yeah, exactly. So it's by um a guy called uh, William Nicholson, who was actually a screenwriter for the film Gladiator. Oh. Um which yeah, which I found amazing. Um but so it's a trilogy and the second book Wait, is this um, The Wind Singer? Is that the first yes. one? Oh, I've read it. They're yes. brilliant. I love those. Aren't they so good? Oh <laughs> I my just didn't god! Know they what the were trilogy my... was called. <laughs> yeah, the wind on fire. Oh. So yeah, Winsing is the first one, and then it's Slaves of the Mastery, and then the yes. last one is that the wind on fire. 
No, Fire uh, Song. That one's cool. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a great. But was Slaves so of the Oh, so good. They're amazing. Um, I need to and I get overexcited and tell people about them, and no one knows. Like people, I'm so happy that you know them, Jamie. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they're so they're so so good, and Slaves of the Mastery is just brilliant. Yeah. Um, the whole trilogy is so so good. But if I can I cheat and take the whole trilogy or come to I have to choose one? Many people have. Many yeah, people have. The precedent's have. been set. <laughs> exactly. I'd probably take the trilogy, but if I had to choose one, I would choose Slaves of the Mastery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so brilliant. The characters are amazing. For a children's book, it's really quite dark. Um, yeah. But yeah, even yeah. as a sort of, I think I read them at around 12. Even at that age, I had quite a dark sort of, aesthetic when it came to entertainment um (laughs) so um i i just loved it um but it's 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 fantasy so and fantasy is what i read as a teenager even though i don't really read as much of it now Mm. um and i just think that would be perfect for uh, for an island yeah Um, yeah so yeah some nostalgia as well some nostalgia yeah exactly exactly and it's comforting because you've read it before you know what's going to happen exactly um I love rereading, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. Exactly. That's a great book. Well, thank you so much, Leah. Thank you so much for, <laughs> for joining you. us. It's been such yeah, a treat thank you. having you and, and speaking with you. Uh, for everyone listening, if you want to keep up with Leah's latest news, you can follow her on Twitter at Leah Middleton, except in a twist, the O is a zero. <laughs> Big plot twist there. Plot twist. <laughs> so that's Leah Middleton. Someone zero. took my name. <laughs> How I dare can't they? Get just Leah Middleton. I know. <laughs> and if you want to follow her on Instagram, it's at Leah Middleton author. So a little bit simpler there. Uh, <laughs> when they find her is available right now. So go out and buy it. It's great. It's brilliant. And Definitely. Thank yeah. Thanks and again. Yeah. Leah. It's been great. Thank you. So thank much. you so yeah. much. It's been so much fun talking to you. No, it's been so good. And um, to make sure you don't miss an episode of the podcast, follow us on Twitter at, at Right and Wrong UK and on Instagram at Right and Wrong Podcast. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you Thank next you. time. Um, Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.